0: Well, finally, we're back. All three of us in the same room. It seems like it's a month or so. It probably is in effect, I guess, uh, since Matty Russell went away, then I was AWOL last week. Lara Pitt's been a rock solid trooper, though, here every week, turning up. Hi, everybody. Warren Smith, Matty Russell, and Lara Pitt, megastar of the Gold Coast. And I'll tell you, when you go to the Gold Coast and you want to find somewhere good to eat... You just asked Lara because she knows all the hot spots. She's got it all sussed out. And after the game, she's getting selfies with <laughs> the fans. She's doing autographs. She is a megastar on slight, the Gold Coast.
1: Slight exaggeration. I do f- like to think of myself as a, you know, a good food and beverage outlet uh, discoverer.
2: Outstanding. <laughs> I specialise in the beverages, Lara.
1: Yeah, you certainly do. I've heard that about you on where, the Where right did right you
2: here. take was in the team? Well,
1: no, just as we were driving from the... Coolangatta Airport all the way up to our hotel at the top of surface. You know, I just was pointing out the re- you know the relative establishments that we could have gone to if we had not been working. And just so if anyone is to head back to the Gold Coast, there's a lot of great places to eat.
0: Yeah, you should drop in there to the Hellenic Club yeah. and then down there at the other place at Burley, that's pretty good too. Yes, that's
2: and that's true. We're going to go to this Japanese after the game. Downstairs yeah. from the hotel? Yeah,
1: it was delicious. Yeah, very
2: conveniently mm. placed.
1: Blocker cannot use chopsticks. Is that a big surprise? <laughs> no,
2: it (laughs) Is not a surprise.
1: (laughs) That was pretty funny. I even got a photo of him attempting to and his face was squished up with extreme... uh Concentration, but he still couldn't now that He had done. I that had a lady.
2: hot lunch date with Hannah Hollis at that Japanese stop. It restaurant. Just okay, same place. Appropriate. Hot,
1: please.
2: <laughs> it was hot because the weather was hot. Yeah, Actually, I...
1: let me
0: go to the Telegraph. <laughs> oh, yeah, spotted. <laughs> spotted four. Matt Russell, and Hannah ago. Hollis in a private corner <laughs> of the Yamajin uh, Japanese
2: restaurant at the Q2. I won't hear of any of it.
1: Stop it.
2: No, so yes, well done. <laughs> Did you enjoy your trip to the Gold Coast? <laughs> She's a superstar. Honestly, Hardest there,
0: was, working woman in television. there was a conga line of male fans up the up the steps between the seats in the Western Grandstand at Seabus Super Stadium, all wanting a selfie with Lars. I
1: tell you why we know that's a lie, because Seabus wasn't packed. <laughs> <laughs> there were just a couple at the end of the game who were jolly and had been obviously enjoying the Warriors' victory and um, came down and asked for a selfie, which is always quite hilarious, to be, to be honest. <laughs> they smell exceptional by that point.
0: Oh, view. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you, ha- and you, you know, you have no concept at all of how you smell after an afternoon or an evening mm-hmm. on the drink at the footy or whatever else. So um, I'm sure that was a pleasant experience for you. <laughs> you handled it beautifully, though.
1: Yes, I, I did. You were an excellent driver, even though you got us lost a couple of times on the way back from um, that that awesome stadium which is in the middle of nowhere but thank you chauffeur
0: yeah i mean (laughs) just very quickly i didn't intend to talk about C bus super stadium but you know like it's the titans get a you know a really hard go at it for not having that many fans and you know obviously the results haven't been great for a number of years now but you know it's such an ordinary joint to get to It's so hard. I mean, you've got to go through 83... It's like the President is turning up with a motorcade with 13 ambulances, 14 fire trucks, 73 police cars, whatever else. You've got to go through all all these blockades to actually get to the stadium if you have the right pass. If you don't have the right pass... You can't get within coo of the stadium to park anywhere near it. The train service is not so great from all reports and what I see on the fans with yeah. social media and stuff it it's not
2: it's a great... such
1: gr- a great stadium just in such a terrible location. So if you could just
2: yeah if it fix was that. <laughs> and once you're in there you can't get out if you're trying to make a yeah. quick well, flight
1: there, you're there stuck is that the a car
2: well. park
0: for 40 minutes so it, it, it's a it's a cock up in lots of ways. Mm. Unfortunately, you know it's a great, it's old school thinking because what's happened in America and that was that sort of thing was let's build these big stadiums on the outskirts of town where the space is. Well, in the end, nobody wants to go to them because they're on the outskirts of town. Mm. What they did eventually in the sort of 90s through into the early 2000s is started building all these great stadiums, smaller size stadiums, 45, 50 thousand seaters, as opposed to the big 80, 90 thousand seat cookie cutter stadiums right in the heart of town. And that's, why I think, the great chance has been missed in Sydney that there should have been, you know, Allianz Stadium should have been knocked down, yes, but it should have been rebuilt as part of the new convention centre um, down there. I was well, down there the other night on um, Thursday night last week seeing a show with my wife, and I'm sitting there just going, this is where the stadium should have been. Well, you know, it should have been right there at Darling Harbour with the city skyline as the backdrop.
2: It would have been like a 40,000-seater would have been all time. Imagine the panoramic shots at big events, be it football or otherwise, going around the world with the Harbour Bridge oh, and the Opera House and the oh, Skyline. great op- advertising. And you, and you get it paid off in a matter of years. But we're going that way in Townsville, aren't we, with one 300 Smile Stadium next year to be fair world, and we'll have a new stadium in Townsville slap bang in the middle of the... Town Right near Palmer Street, the Food and Beverage Avenue, which is going to be outstanding. Canberra wants to go the same way. Lobbying down there to move away from Belconnen to build a purpose-built stadium slap bang in the middle of the town. That's the way we're going and that's the way happily we're going because that's what fans need these days. To be able to go to restaurants and bars on the way to and from the sporting event with ease, with absolute ease not having to worry about trains and buses for 40 minutes plus.
0: And their stadium will be a millstone around that franchise's neck for a long time to come. And while they're on the Gold Coast playing out of that venue, there's never going to be another venue built there. whatever that one is there, I think it makes it really tough for that franchise to be successful ongoing. It's, a, it's such a downer to yeah. have to try and get there. as a, I can't. We have a rails run. I can't imagine what it's like as a fan... Trying to get there and get back. If you've got kids, if you're waiting for a train, or if you're parking, then you've got to get a shuttle from God knows where. It must be an awful experience.
2: Don't worry about the fans. What about the commentators? Three times I've hit movie world and realised I've gone too far. Had to turn around and come back. Most recently with Mick Ennis, (laughs) we we get to the Australian movie museum or whatever it is. All the theme parks, and I said, I'm sure we've come too far when we hit the theme parks, and. It's sure just, enough, we have. too
1: much talking, isn't
2: it? Yeah, you get you get it's lost you're st- in you're
1: telling stories. conversation yeah. and preparation for
2: the game. Next minute, you see Brisbane 40K and you think you've come too far.
1: Oh. <laughs> On your way to
0: <laughs>
2: Anyway, uh, there we go. Rabina, that was, that, a good game, though. Yeah, it was a good game up there between the
0: Titans and the Warriors. And, uh, well, the Warriors got away with it. The Titans were coming to get them yeah. at the end. But, um, yeah, fascinating contest up there. Keeps the Warriors, I guess, their aspirations of making the top eight. Still alive at the flickering... Flame, I guess. Um, we'll go through the, the ladder in a moment to, to take a look and see where we're at after 14 rounds because we still have this situation because of the split rounds where all the teams haven't played uh, the same amount of games, but um, we'll have the rep round this weekend and then split round off the... No, split round in a couple of weeks away before Origin 3, and then we'll be back on equal terms as far as the amount of games played by all the teams. But there is a real separation between the top... And the bottom, uh, here we are past the midway point now, isn't there?
2: Which we'll go through very shortly. But the big topic this morning and for this week, obviously, will be the lead-up to Origin 2. And uh, people have opinions straight away about the New South Wales team. Seven changes, uh, three of them forced, maybe four of them forced if you include mindsets in all of that. Uh, Too many from the Blues or have they got it right? Is it a better team for Game 2 than Game 1? Oh, let me answer that first because no Nick Kotrick, no David Clemmer, no Payne Haas, those changes had to be made. And if Brad Fittler and his coaching team deemed that Latrell Mitchell wasn't in the right, right frame of mind, then who are we to, to criticise that? So there are four changes that had to be made. But I'm still troubled a little bit by the fact that there's no Josh Morris who was one of their best this year, Yes, they had to bring Tom Truboevich in, but couldn't he have played on a wing with Josh Morris left as a specialist centre in that position? And I feel really sorry for Cody Walker. Yes, he was pulled in game one, but that selection tells me that if you get named for your debut origin and you don't have a really good opening 50 minutes, you might never play origin again. Is that the message we want to send to, to players going forward? Do we want to put them under that sort of pressure? I'm, I'm happy that Jimmy Maloney is in the team because I think he's a player tailor-made for the environment that will be presented at Optus Stadium. But I feel desperately sorry for Cody Walker. Uh, When Mitchell Pearce wasn't available, I I thought maybe it was Cody Walker's uh, window. And, okay, he wasn't as good as Jim Maloney the other night, but for the season he's been outstanding. And to crucify him after one origin, I feel sorry for him.
1: I just think the whole thing's extraordinary. It could so spectacularly backfire, and they've just laid all their cards out for this game. And yes, of course, it's a must-win. But I can't even understand the makeup of of the forward pack. They've chucked a debutante in the seventeen at the moment to start up front in Daniel Saifedi in a massive, massive game.
2: Will he start, or will Jake Provojich well, go into the front that's row the, of starter? Well, that's and right. Dalvin so can come into the lock of position. Of course, it's
1: open possible to yeah. change, but. I just keep thinking about what the Queenslanders must think of all of this and that New South Wales seemingly have turned on their own and it spat them all out, the ones that they weren't happy with in game one, which wasn't lost by much. Uh, And, you know, I think it's spot on when you say that, when you hear Queenslanders say they wouldn't treat their players in the same way and, yes, that comes off the back of a lot of success, but they lost a series last year and even then... There doesn't seem to be that level of discard around the way players are treated in their system.
0: Um, they've cornered the market on left edge back rowers, haven't they?
1: Yeah, basically. The... Because
0: we've got Boyd Cordner, we've got Tarek Sims and we've got Wade Graham who all play exactly the same position for their clubs, left edge back row, all in the 17. I thought they were a, they were a big man short for game one.
1: Now they're two big they're,
0: They are a big man middle forward. Still short for game two. And I know Wade Graham has looked good in his two games back, albeit playing 80 minutes, barely a bit more than 80 minutes, in the two games he's played back from an ACL. He's just back from a knee reconstruction. Tarek Sims hasn't set the world on fire, as the Dragons haven't this year. Um, He hasn't been the player he was at the back end of last season. He hasn't been the player that scored those three tries in the first half of week one of the finals against Brisbane up there at Suncorp Stadium last year. So it seems like they're sort of searching for forwards a little bit at the moment. I'm wrapped that Dale Finucan has got a job because he should have had a job in, in Game 1. He was the big man that they were missing in Game 1. Whether that means they would have won the game in Game 1, I don't know. But when they're in trouble getting smashed on their own line in the second half and the Queenslanders were just ambushing them defensively and New South Wales were going one out and couldn't get themselves out of their own 20 in that first 20, 25 minutes of the second half, Dale and somebody like him, would have been a pretty handy addition, especially when you had
2: the starting rotation, all of them sitting on the bench. I've loved seeing Dale and I was lucky enough to call he and Josh Jackson when they came through the Canterbury under-20s, and they really stood out then both as players but as individuals. You know, great to deal with, fantastic young men. He continued that on to NRL through the Dogs, and now at Melbourne, having a look at his numbers, he's averaging 112 run metres per game. That's a career high this season. Uh, 30 tackles per game, career high... One miss for every thirty tackles per game. So it's the sort of uh, statistical career that is made for Origin, and I'm struggling to believe he's only now making his debut. It sort of strikes me. We've picked a team to score more points
0: than they did in game one, but But, on uh, such a short
1: preparation.
0: But honestly, the, the, the starting point in all Origin teams, from my perspective, is let's pick the best defensive team we can possibly pick. And then we'll go from there. Because if we can't defend, we can't win. We can't, if we can't defend, we can't... If we can't do a better job at stopping Queensland getting up the field to give Munster, to give Cailin Ponga, to give Daly Cherry Evans chances to do what they can do, then we're no chance in the game. Because if you give them enough chances in our 20, they will find a way to score points. And they should have probably scored more points. All those tries denied, rightly or wrongly, in game one. Um, if they get as many chances again in game two, I guarantee you they'll score more points than they did and will make it tough for New South Wales. It seems like we've, you know, we've, brought, we've gone with Jack White in the centres and Tom Travojevic in the centres and Blake Ferguson on the wing to try and give us a bit more spark, give us a bit more attack. And James Maloney, whether you know the Panthers haven't scored many points this year. We've got we've gone back to the club combination. Fair enough. Last minute Have you watched, Have you watched them? Watched them play in 2019? Like Cleary and Maloney in attack had not exactly been lighting it up, and took a lot of times, a lot of lot of possession in the twenty to score points against the depleted Rabbitohs on Saturday night at ANZ Stadium. And in reality, had Luke Kirri not been knocked out and suffered that concussion with him out for six to eight weeks at the moment, a lot of these discussions probably wouldn't, have been hap- wouldn't be happening. It would have been – the halves combination would have been Nathan Cleary and Luke Keery. And if Keery plays in game one, does it make any difference? Maybe, you know, he wasn't going to help us get out of our own end when we're getting smashed in the 20. Um, so, um, you know, we'll see what happens in game two. Uh, and just when you think you've got it all worked out and you've written a team off, they come up and just fire up and – and produce something and win the game and send it to Game 3 as a, as a live game in a, a blockbuster at ANZ Stadium in a few weeks' time. But for a team that won the won the series last year, it's a strange situation. Here we are just a couple of games later, and all the cards have sort of been thrown in the air and they're just sort of clutching at them as they come down to pick out 17 players. It's it's curious, and it could work. Can Jack White and Tom Trevojevic, I know they've both played... In the centres, at times in their footballing careers, not a lot, but a bit. But can they defend their position as centres? How much How much time have they thought about in at training in recent times? How do I defend between the halfback or the five-eighth and the winger on either side of the field, and and the combinations? And Mark Gasnier will tell you, he was a centre, and he he'll tell you centre is the hardest position mm. on the field to defend because you've got to you've got to go with whatever's happening inside you. So if the Edge forward comes out and tries to get to a playmaker and misses him. Everybody is sliding in to try and cover that space. You've got to decide whether you're going in or you're staying. Mm -hmm. Is the winger coming with you? Is the winger staying on his man? It's a really tough position to defend, and I hope they can do a job and defend that position as well as they possibly can. You
1: only had to look at game one to see how much the centres who play regularly in those positions got caught out of position on the big stage. So if you aren't doing that week in, week out for your club or you've never played there for your club, Tom Trbojevic hasn't played centre that I can think of. Has he ever in Manly colours? I feel for like Manly, I can wing. tell you, I'm but sure he's he he certainly played
2: at elite rep level.
0: I think a couple of games. He might have played a couple of games. Has he played?
1: I feel like he's been on the wing he's for p- New South Wales. He's
0: played – did he play in the centres for Australia? He might have. I think he's played in the centres for Australia, Tom, from memory. Um but anyway, the vast majority of their football has been played in <coughs> positions other than the positions they will play for New South Wales in Game 2 on Sunday night. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Queensland must be sitting back and scratching their heads a little bit going, wow. But it, it, and it's easy to say when you've won a couple of games in a row and look at the, you know, shambles that the other mob is in, you go back to Game 3 last year and Queensland's preparation ahead of that game and they were a bit all over the shop. And so whoever whoever's winning in origin... It seems like they've just got that. They've got a great organisation. They've got a great culture. They know exactly what they're doing. And the losers, they're all over the shop and they're panicking. Whatever. It's just the the nature of the beast when it comes to Origin. There's only two teams to talk about. You need to you know black hats and white hats, heroes and villains. It's the Cowboys and the Indians. And
2: you're right, Was he's played three games for Australia at centre. He's played four games for Manly at centre. Mm-hmm. Tom right. Trabojevic, and he played centres. Uh, through the lower grades and as a junior. So there is some experience there. How did you find that out so quickly? I've got my friends at the Fox Sports <laughs> Lab on the job. Uh, their great website. So I just think we need to compare it to the backdrop that was game. One, I've watched it twice since getting home. It was played at Suncorp Stadium. For the first 40 minutes, New South Wales barely made a mistake. They led it 8-0. In the second half... Uh, it was an intercepted Dane Gagai that ultimately proved the difference. But even after that, the Blues were there until the 80th yes. minute at Suncorp to win this game. Uh, the Maroons, led by Jairo, who's missing this time, uh, were improved as the game went on. But there was nothing in it. We weren't mm. beaten by 30 points at Homebush or ANZ Stadium. Mm. We were beaten by four at Suncorp after a near perfect 40 minutes that became a good 60 minutes and finished just short. Obviously, yeah. the Blues
0: hierarchy and they're all mates of ours. Quite obviously, very good mates: Brandy, Bedzie, um, Brad Fittler. I've known Brad for a long time as well. Uh, obviously, to them, it feels like it wasn't just a four-point loss. It feels like it was more than that, and probably could have and should have been yeah. more than four points. Otherwise, if it was just a nip and tuck affair, it was just the one intercept try that was the difference, or whatever it might have been. There wouldn't be this sort of these many this upheaval, this many changes. It feels like surely it must be to them that they were yeah. they were they were soundly beaten.
1: I don't have the log sheet of the first half, but I feel like the Queenslanders bombed three tries in that first yeah. half, and it is it was just it felt like they were just starting to find their straps with the new Ponga and Munster combination. Like that was their first feel of this is a new era under Queensland, and I I would be hugely concerned if I'm the Blues, thinking that they're just going to be better for it in Game 2. Uh, their attack could have been so much better and it, it will only be better in Game 2 for Queensland. So
2: Yeah, remember Fatty said it could be 40-8 to eight at one stage in commentary. I, I felt uh, like He was exaggerating half time, a little, <laughs> but they could have there easily a couple led. of
1: times that Addo Carr and, and Luttrell were scrambling and then just luckily Chambers yeah, didn't tackle. get it there and, you know, it just... I was holding on for dear life as a, as a fan <laughs> at halftime going, yes, the the Blues started really well and it looked like Cook and Teddy were going to carve them up but they were missing something to get them to that next level, the Blues, in attack.
0: We'll wait and see if an attacking mindset, because it certainly looks like an attacking mindset, doesn't it, has been prevalent in their discussions ahead of their selections for Game 2 workout. Josh Morris, super unlucky um, to miss out in Game 2, having answered the call for Game 1 and playing uh, pretty well. Jack Whiten, though, taking his place is a bit of cover for the Halves. Should there be an injury to either Maloney or Cleary, then Whiten, given that he's playing in the Halves for his club, Canberra, then he could jump in and do a role there. Um, you could argue the toss that he could have played on the wing and Morris still could have been there and Ferguson perhaps didn't need to be included on the wing. But I guess they wanted to go with a specialist winger and given the, you know, the job that the wing has evolved into over the last 20, 25 years, at the elite level of the game, then I think you need specific wingers. You need wingers who do it week in, week out. You need meters. The, and he's a he was the best meter eater as far as yardage sets are concerned from the, um, the Roosters' own end last season in their premiership win. Uh, he was the best man in the NRL for bringing it out of your own end, helping out on those play twos, play threes. And they need something like that. Most importantly, as we saw in the second half when they got ambushed and couldn't get out of their own end and they were kicking from 25 metres out from their own line, they figure Ferguson quite obviously can help them out in that situation. That's one of the prime reasons he's in the team.
2: And being in camp in Perth means it's a long way from being in camp in Coffs Harbour. So hopefully Blake is going to be on his best behaviour I in think. the West. He's well, and you know corner. and, and we matured. Sort of, yeah, we
0: could make light of that. Mm. But Blake has pooped in his own nest a couple of times in a big way, hasn't he? Mm. And needs to keep a really clean nose going into game two this time around. He needs to be on his best behaviour because, you know, fill me once, shame on you. Fill me twice, shame on me. And I probably could have been pretty comfortable with Blake Ferguson having filled him twice, never have never been given a, a chance again. I, with his indiscretion ahead of. The t- first time he was sacked from the New South Wales team, oh, that would have been it for me. That would have been Redfield Penn because he cost, in my mind, he cost New South Wales that series and probably cost Laurie Daly a second series win as a coach and he may well still be the coach had that been – things had turned out differently that time around. But anyway, good luck to him. He's had his issues quite obviously, well documented. Um, uh, let's hope he's uh, – yeah, third time around, he is a different footballer, a different bloke, and
2: can take the chance he's been given here and seize it and uh, provide for his state. Let's wrap it up. Uh, fans are saying, after all that, what do you guys think is going to happen? Who are you tipping? I'm tipping New South Wales. I think they win. I think we're going back to Sydney for a series decider. And, and how will the game play out oh. for that, for that, <laughs> wow, for that result much, to happen? Much faster game, and uh, the attack that is in the New South Wales side will win the day. I'm backing James the blue to, to win by double-figure points. Really? Yes. Jimmy wins. Saying Jimmy it, wins.
1: Declaring it early. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm an uh, ultimate pessimist, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> You I, are. I, I, I am. I just <laughs> – I'm a Dragons fan. What can you expect? Kevvy salutes. <laughs> yeah.
2: My, I'm, my, I'm, my catch, craze is, uh, catch craze is Jimmy Wins. Yours is Kevvy salutes.
1: Yeah, let's go with that.
0: Kevvy salutes. I'm going to go with the coach whisperer. Uh, either Bradley Charles Stubbs, who has been doing it beautifully for uh, Queensland, or Joe Weeby. Who is whispering in the ears of players all across the NRL? It seems also, including Tom Trebovich, who has been tied at the joined at the hip by Joe Weeby, who is uh, one of those yeah, colourful like a sort of elusive but colourful rugby league identities. Who's a, a property developer? He was at the Broncos. He was whispering in the ears of Anthony Milford and Cody Nikarima for a while there. People forget that. I mean, Joe was. Joe was on deck. Well,
1: David Cherry
0: Evans as well. And uh, James Tedesco, I think, mm-hmm. has been a confidant of, of uh, Joe Wiebe as yeah. well. So either way, <laughs> one of the coach whisperers will be spruiking uh, his, his exploits, his, uh, his wares, his services, his $5,500 per hour. I don't know
2: what Joe charges. One whisperer might be shouting, you're saying, at the end of, uh, end of this.
0: Yeah. You can't go into a camp without a whisperer these days. No. Freddie is his own
1: whisperer.
2: I think we need more than whispering. <laughs> yeah, or, or Freddie does he doesn't need a whisperer. Or, or is Gus Gould the Freddie whisperer? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Shall we leave Origin there? You mentioned Tommy Turbo and I was going to have a chat to you about uh, – I was thinking about the Trebojevic brothers driving home last night and how remarkable it is that Manly so quickly have gone from Glenn and Brett Stewart, Glenn in the forward pack to Brett at the back, to the Trebojevic boys who have Jake in the forward and Tom out the back. And – Yesterday, Tom improved his record remarkably. Running for more than three hundred metres, he was the star of the show as the Sea Eagles downed at the Dragons. A uh, couple of tries, I think, or maybe only one, but certainly uh, played a key hand in a couple of tries and scored one of his own. He now has thirty-one starts at Brookvale for nineteen tries, and I thought to myself, I wonder how he'll track in comparison with uh, the man they called the Prince of. Brooke Snake Brett Stewart, who had uh, 98 games at Lotto Land for 87 tries. So that's a strike rate of 0.89. So far, Turbo Thomas strike rate of 0.6. It's a fantastic record Brett Stewart had on that ground. 98 games, 87 tries. Do we expect Turbo to maintain momentum and finish with something similar? Just repeating his record so far, 31 games, 19 tries.
0: Well, I think it will be determined by injuries if he can keep himself on the paddock, then anything can happen. If he can get, you know, lots of 24, 25-game seasons under his belt, and then I think he really can with that uh, consistency of football, I've got no doubt that he can score. I mean, yesterday... Uh, he was dynamic, wasn't he? He was terrific. Against a, against a depleted Dragon side who were hurting with Cam McInnes off the field and mm. that certainly didn't help their cause that as changed far the as game. what they were doing. Um, it did change the game potentially because it was pretty even mm. up until that point in time, wasn't it? But they just swamped them in the second half. And and Turbo against the tired side uh, looked like as good as he you know, – he's only second game back himself from mm. a from a second hamstring injury, but it looked as good as he ever has, so let's yeah. hope um, we can keep that going for yeah. for the New South Wales Blues in Origin 2 so we can get a real game over there in Perth.
1: The only the only have to look back to round three when he came back from his initial hamstring injury mm. over there in New Zealand against the Warriors. So he missed the first two games. They started the season horribly, and everyone yes. was saying Manly done. They are going to be in. It's going to be a long year for Des Hasler. Then Turbo comes back into that side over there, and they absolutely killed them. Then, of course, he plays the Rabbitohs the next week and does his hammy again. And everyone thought, again, their season would fall apart. But no, Desi's managed to instil that resilience in them enough so that they could pick some important wins up while Turbo wasn't there. And to be fair as well, while daily Cherry Evans has been injured. So Turbo comes back last week and still, whilst it was a bit of a softer entry back into first grade from the big hammy injury again, he came in yesterday and... Was unbelievable. I mean, he makes their team just go to that next level.
2: Deceptively fast. He doesn't seem to be exploding like a Ryan Pappenhausen or other speedsters in the league can. But when he w- was chased by Ben Hunt and other Dragons, I thought they were going to get him quickly. But he just stayed at it's arm's like a reach.
1: Big horse when he yeah. runs the stride. The stride, <laughs> yeah, on him stride and he and is, the, and the the length he can go in one. Step compared to little Ben Hunt's legs trying to catch, him. And, and
2: you know what—that's yeah. not
1: very nice.
2: Yesterday, at, <laughs> in the under twenties game beforehand, we saw Ben Trebojevic playing. Oh. Manly had a, and had he's a, a lot rare like win, him, isn't he? Well, this is the talking point because we were watching him, and we said he walks exactly the same as Jake in the gate. It looks like using a racing parlance again. In the gate, it looks like Jake, yeah. but in the body, it's more like. Tom, so Ben almost is a cross of the two brothers who are already playing NRL. He scored a try. He did really well defensively. So there's another Trubojevic looming.
1: And you mentioned that uh, Brett Stewart. He's there now, of course, this year. He's working with the
2: back three. Yeah. But but also obviously branching out a little bit more than that. So good to see uh, the Prince of Brookvale back (laughs) back at Brookvale or Lotto Land, as we get told to call it. So um, it seems to be a happy camp. But there's another ingredient at Brookvale, isn't there?
1: Oh, there is. And we saw that in the sheds yesterday. And I've just been speaking to the Manly Media Manager about this. And it's young Damien Imbruglia. Hopefully I've I've said his name correctly. He... um, the club has said he's come on board as a bit of a, an assistant coach. Well, Des has invited him to to be a part of the team here and there when he can. Uh, and yesterday he was able to come into the press conference and ask the coach some pressing questions and give him some feedback on on what the Sea Eagles uh, did well yesterday, which which was a lot of things. And then he got to sing the team song, um, and I know that that had a really big impact on the players as well. And um and Des is obviously deserves a lot of credit for. For getting uh, young Damien involved this week,
2: where can people watch that media conference where Damien asks questions? Yeah,
0: uh, if you have the NRL app, you can it's go on there, there certainly, Fox and League, you can yep. go
2: back through and Fox on the Fox, Fox League,
0: League app as well. We have all yep. the press conferences as yep. well, so there's two options right there to mm. go back and take a look at that. And and Des was. Des was fantastic, and I've been a critic of Des's uh, openly for uh, various things over the years, but um, that was tr- tremendous, fantastic, great work by Desi yesterday. at the press conference, just played it
2: beautifully. Yeah, the Down Syndrome members who are involved with Rugby League bring a great element. We've seen Sean White, a long-term uh, contributor at the Bulldogs. Uh, he's... Late dad Lloyd was a long time involved and Mm. they're just uh, charming individuals.
1: Yeah. So if we go back to the Gold Coast again on Friday, I had the wonderful um, experience of meeting Ethan Sloan, who uh, has landed his dream job, it has to be said. He is the official Titans uh, training assistant Mm -hmm. and he landed that job at the end of last year. Dennis Watt said he's the chief morale officer at Mm. the club. Now, Ethan, um, he has Down syndrome but... He does never lets his disability hold him back in any way. And on Friday, I got the best cuddles, sideline, from Ethan. He <laughs> you has, had quite the night. He has the Titans hairdo. So he had fresh Gold Coast Titans shaved into the back of his hair. Wow. He, he's just a ray of sunshine at that club. And, and the Titans do an incredible job with the community around kids with Down syndrome. They've got a program there. Um, and, yeah, Ethan is just... It is a huge part of that team as well, um, which is, you know, I think everyone can agree that they, the, these are the wonderful things that NRL clubs can do and the effect that they can have on on the community.
2: We've got one in the cafe too called Trent who works every Wednesday morning and he's the Chief Morale uh, Officer. Yep. And, uh, Where's that says, All Good Things Cafe? Yeah, down in the gong. Is that, and is that All Good Things <laughs> Cafe? <laughs> it was, you can't say it often enough. And. <laughs> And uh, when he says, Matt and Cindy, I've been thinking, we know there's an idea coming. Yes. We know there's an idea coming from Trent. So yeah. Was... yeah. Now,
0: the Bulldogs have had that long association, of course, with the White family yeah. and Sean White, who is a fixture. You can't go to a training session or a game and not see Sean uh, in the sheds or on the sideline as well. So well done to all the clubs who uh, do their little bit um, for some of their most ardent fans. And yeah. it's great to see them uh, every week uh, as we get around the countryside calling footy as we do. Mm. Um, let's go back to... Where do you want to start as far as the action was concerned over eight games? Because it was really tough to sort of think this was going to be a, a classic round of footy, but some of the games early on were all nail biters. Mm. And the Raiders were Call lucky bats. to hang on, as it turns out, against the Sharks, who were pretty ordinary in the first half and then made a real game of that. Uh, the Cowboys, unlucky to go down to the Tigers. Paul Green was screaming and blowing up about the decisions and refereeing again, whatever you made of those calls. Um, and then we got to the Storm and the Knights and the Storm just did what they have been doing. But early on, there were some cracking games.
2: What about Benji Marshall kicking the Tigers to victory uh, and on the same weekend being named to make his Kiwi test comeback after a seven-year absence, most likely to partner Sean Johnson in the halves. Benji defying father time. And rumours have it or stories have it
0: and where there's smoke, there's fire, both he and Robbie Farrar um, keen to go around again in 2020. For another season, Can you believe that? No, I can't because I can't believe that <laughs> when Robbie Farah left the West Tigers, uh, the new era was about to begin, and you know, a sort of, I guess, a cleaning out of the cupboard, and in some ways, um, that the player to replace Robbie Farah, as we've said here before, was Robbie Farah, yeah. and, and he's and he
2: might still be the person to replace Robbie Farah next year. And, and Benji's going to go back and play with New Zealand. Robbie's going to go and play with Lebanon this weekend against Fiji. So they are rep, yes. uh, rep players who just continue to perform.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and for Benji, it, I think it's a more remarkable story for him around the fact how much he's had to change his game over his career. Like Robbie's just been the same hard-working man in the middle, whereas Benji has had to evolve, really. When you go back the 14 years ago when mm. he wins the grand final to mm-hmm. the, the flamboyance to the you know, the more composed playmaker who has to probably hold himself um, accountable and, and really second-guess himself a bit because naturally he would want to be that flamboyant guy, that that young boy is still probably in there. So I can't imagine how hard that would be to have changed your way as you go through your career because it, it really didn't work for him at the Dragons. He was still trying – that was when he was really trying to figure mm. out, came back to the game, want, was showing that flamboyance Sometimes and it didn't work, then he'd go back to be the cool calm, measured half and then it wasn't until – it really hasn't been since he settled back at the Tigers and came full circle that he's rediscovered redis- a new way to play the game. Because I go he back
2: w- further than that was when he had all those shoulder injuries. Oh, wow. And I remember hearing uh, commentators say basically Benji's only one more shoulder away from being in mm. forced retirement. That's the best part of a decade ago. Yep. and and he's still doing it
0: well Tim Sheens described him as the toughest footballer he'd ever seen because he got through all those and he was such a a will-o'-the-wisp when you go back to see those early photos of Benji I'd spoken to him in the past about it what he weighs now to what he weighed when he began and it was it's a remarkable figure I can't off the top of my head tell you exactly what the difference is but it's' <laughs> It's fifteen kilograms plus, like, mm. and you see him at training now. It's probably more a little bit now. As you get on, you probably it's harder for those footballers into their thirties to try and trim the, the kilos. Um, Benji certainly hasn't done that, but he still gets around the field pretty well. And yeah, Tim Sheen said he to do what he did as light as he played the game against the monsters. When you go back to that premiership, uh, I remember seeing them beat the the Brisbane Broncos at the then Sydney Football Stadium. With Petro seven receiver Siva and Shane Webkin, all those monsters, and there's Benji out there mixing it up with them and doing what he did and getting them to the grand final, and they win the grand final. It was yeah, remarkable. And oh, I mean, can you believe it? You go, it go into twenty twenty potentially with Benji Marshall still playing in the halves yeah. for the West Tigers and Robbie Farah still playing in the nine jumper. I don't know what it means longer term for mm-hmm. the West Tigers because it, it sort of looks like they are just. They're holding. I don't know what they're holding out. Hopefully, they're just waiting for somebody to emerge who they believe is the next Benji Marshall or the next number six or next long-term 5'8". They haven't found it quite obviously. Um, Josh Reynolds was potentially supposed to be that player, but I don't. From all reports, it doesn't look like Josh is that player. And Jacob Little was supposed to be the next Robbie Farah. Well, Michael Maguire quite obviously it seems isn't convinced that Jacob Little is the next. Robbie Farris, so uh, there's two spots straight away and who their longer term fullback is um, they've given Moses and Bayer the, the rubber stamp saying yeah mate all the rumours are wrong, you're not going anywhere, you're staying here and you're our captain, we're not going to axe you but um, got a lot of balls in the air at the moment, the Tigers trying to work out you know, how they get themselves out of this cycle of just being as I've said, specialising in mediocrity of being in that seventh to tenth, eleventh on the ladder, sort of they just go around every year, and they're in that little window between seven and eleven, and they can't get themselves out of it. And you know, when you haven't got a CEO for six months,
2: that doesn't help, does it? He's back now,
0: though. Well, he's back. He just lost the just lost the football manager, Kelly Egan, who's mm. decided he can't. He's either seen enough, or he can't.
2: He figures he can't help them anymore. Yeah, he's got some family. Um Priorities that he wants to pursue now on the record. Uh, so we'll see what unfolds Family there. priorities. Heading back to the Sunshine Coast, I believe.
0: Yeah, so good luck to Kelly, a terrific fellow. I've had lots of great conversations with Kelly over the years, whether it be at, uh, on the Northern Beaches or at Canterbury or at, uh, at Concord as well. So um, all the best to him. But, you know, they're, a, they're a, an organisation in a state of flux at the moment, trying to work out, trying to set a course and stay the course find a plan and try and execute that to be a contender. You can go around as they are for the moment and they've been doing that for some time. Sometimes they haven't been. I mean, you know, just just to be where they are now, I guess, is an improvement on where they were only three or four seasons ago because they were were struggling, but they couldn't see out the course with Jason Taylor. Um, Ivan Cleary jumped ship or ran the bus into a ditch on the side of the <laughs> road and jumped out of it and headed up the, up the M4. So yeah, they, they need to stick solid with Michael Maguire, I would have thought, and say, we, this is our coach, this is our man, because you can't keep going through coaches the way they've gone through coaches, and they need a nice stable board there. There were some smarts who just say, this is the way forward. What's their run forward over the next uh, the, few weeks, the Tigers? The Tigers, as I madly try and flick the page over, they they have in round 15, they have the Rabbitohs, and in round 16, they have the Roosters. Uh, then they take on the Eels, the uh, Raiders, the Knights, the Cowboys. I mean, it doesn't matter, does it?
2: Where is the Eels game? That would be at uh, pretty- Bank West. That's back at Bank West. Which is a nice segue into this record. Parramatta, 157 points four sixty-four 64 against. They are 4-1 and one at Bank West by an average scoreline of 33-12. What a performance against Brisbane, who might fall into that same category of just placed West Tigers in at the moment because they are going horribly for mm. Anthony Seabold. They were below par against West's ti- against the Titans. We thought they'd rebound against the Eels, but they didn't offer a blow in the first half.
0: Is there a chance the Broncos actually suck? Yes.
1: Were they in that category? They
0: were in, the I think c- it, they they were in that category there. at the end of our uh, term one report, yeah, at the end I of eight they, rounds.
1: Absolutely. And I was just looking at the, t- the bottom eight and – like I, I almost would say, you can't see it changing a lot the way it is at the moment. And there's four teams probably down the bottom eight that I didn't, that I had playing finals football. Okay, this Broncos season.
2: and George Illawarra. Who were the other two?
1: Panthers. Yes. And I, I think I had the Cowboys just teetering on the edge of my mm. eight. So yeah, it's been. I mean, the, you know, there's still a long way to go. But um, you know, only a few weeks ago we were saying we'd probably put a line through anyone. Um, like the Dragons, and you could probably do that now with the Broncos. So,
0: so with our standard of twelve wins mm. being minimum to make the top eight, to be eighth or better, the Parramatta um, Eels at the moment they are seven and seven, so a five hundred percent or five hundred mm. winning batting record. Um They are batting five hundred, um, as we say in the classics in baseball. Um, the Brisbane Broncos at five and eight to get to twelve and twelve, absolute minimum, they have to go seven and four over their remaining 11 games. They've got they've played 13. They've got Sorry 11 the left. That's what the Dragons have to they, do. Same mm. as the Dragons, five and eight. They have to win seven of their remaining 11. Can you see the Broncos winning seven and only losing four of their no. last 11? No. Let's take a look very quickly at what they have coming up. They've got the Newcastle Knights in round 15 on the road. They've got the Sharks on the road. Then they've got the Warriors at home, the Bulldogs at home, Gold Coast away having just lost to the Gold Coast. And they've got Melbourne at home, North Queensland away. I mean, you know, they, they're capable of winning all these games. They're capable of losing all of them as well. Mm. On current form, it so, has to be said. Um, it's hard to sort of see them winning two-thirds of their remaining games, which is what they pretty much have to do given they've only won – you know, just over a third of their game so far.
1: I'd be quite happy to say that no one ninth or below deserves to play finals football with the football they've played this year unless they go on to win five or six games in a row and really tear down. Which Which makes a
0: complete mockery of that whole wild card round suggestion earlier in the year by the NRL. And I don't know that any one person will put their hand up and take full responsibility for the idea, but to suggest that we were going to have a wild card weekend in the future featuring teams nine and ten, so seven would play ten and I eight would play joke. nine. I thought it was a joke. Well, honestly, it was it was, it was like, so, no, poorly it's be so poorly conceived, so poor, and it was you know it was couched in terms of providing more content for us, for <laughs> broadcasters and fans, or whatever else. But honestly, don't make a mockery of your competition. <laughs> Just, well, the, to, just the, to supply an extra weekend
2: no. or an extra couple of games of footy. The seven versus ten and eight versus nine. I mean, fair dinkum. Whenever the post-season can involve more teams than actually started well, – I'm sorry, you know, more than half the comp, you're in trouble.
1: yeah. Y- you know what, the bottom eight can play each other for the, who's the worst, best of the bottom eight. Yeah, if, you it, yeah, you yeah, if you're <laughs> want, looking for more content, let
2: them
0: play each other off and the loser, has the, has whoever finishes a, in, in 16th position at the end of
2: it... They has, don't
1: get a wooden spoon, they get a ...has to
2: spend the weekend in their undies in Antarctica Yeah, I was going to say, down at one of those research stations south of yeah, Tasmania, that's Exactly, a trip away. They're yeah. not going to Bali.
1: Wearing singlets
2: and undies and that's yeah, it. that's it. <laughs> oh, that'd be too much for some It'd of them. It'd be like going to, into, into, <laughs> into Desi's
0: hyper... Not hyperbaric chamber, his um, cryogenic chamber. Yeah. After uh, – was it there,
2: parked at the it side? It was there yesterday. I actually left through the gates where the security did guards were. you duck worked. in for a little 30 seconds of uh, coldness? No, no, I didn't want to do that. But the security did say on the way out, are you coming back? I said, no, no, game's done, I'm, I'm over. And I looked a bit surprised that they were worrying about me coming back in. They said, oh, we just don't want to uh, impede the avenue from the dressing room to the chamber. To the cryogenic – Well, oh, that's taking your security guard duties very, very seriously. Yeah, the cryogenic caravan that's parked I, just I can't the back imagine of the too many people <laughs> – forming a blockage between the (laughs) chamber and the dressing room. But Uh there were two security guards there just in case a loitering commentator like myself threatened to run some sort of impediment to Tom or Jake Trebojevic.
1: Do you have a meditation room at Lotto Land?
2: Uh, No, they do have one, do they?
1: do they because they had one at SeaBus have you ever seen a meditation room
0: i haven't seen this but lara we spent half an <laughs> <Sorry>. hour talking <laughs> about this between between the ground and our, our hotel our hotel on friday night talking about the meditation room Seabus uh, Super Stadium.
1: In the tunnel, there's a little room and it has the sign meditation. And I had to. What for the down. players? Yes. I oh. stopped a very high profile official from the Titans who won't be named and, and took said person to room and said, What is this? And they said, Oh, yeah, it's a meditation room. The players, some players use it before kickoff. They go in either singly or with a mate and they, I'm like, They're not praying, you know, it's not a prayer room. No, 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 meditation. But then this person also said it's clearly not working. So <coughs> I won't say who that was. But, yes, it's um, well, no, on, interesting, on don't a, you think? The Did fine. they build
0: it when Jared Hayne joined the club? <laughs> Because <laughs> Jared has been known know. uh, in, like, Origin camps. Apparently he's
1: been there for a couple of years, so perhaps.
0: To, so if the if the Origin team has, like, basically an entire floor of the, you know, Crown Plaza at Coogee or wherever they're staying, uh, whatever part of the world they're staying in, uh, quite often there'd be, like, a couple little meeting rooms and there'd be one that's just darkened and with the door sort of half closed and Craig Catterick <laughs> standing guard uh, with, with Jared in the darkened Room just in a little corner having a, a little time out, a little, little Jared time just to um, meditate and um, get things sorted out as oh. far as his preparation for the game was concerned. And the expression and, and, and people tonight. have gone to walk in there and whoever's been on duty on the door has basically said, don't go in there. They go, what? Well, Jared's in there, buddy. Jared's meditating. <laughs> Take me now, was I've seen it all. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. Sorry, I've got So maybe trash, like when, when
0: Jared one. joined the Titans, they figured they
2: need a Jared meditation room.
1: Yeah, well, they've kept it.
2: But well, one thing that stood out on my flying trip to Europe was the amount of prayer rooms and the amount of smoking rooms. Yuck. There, there weren't many meditation rooms. So in Europe? I know where to go now. See my super stadium if I need to. Some
1: meditations and um, time out. Where would you
2: spend most of your time in Europe? Uh, Greece. Greece. Yes. Big smokers. Big smokers. They love now, a durry. S- Southern they love Europeans. A the Southern Europeans, big smokers. The Marlboro Man last spotted walking up the Acropolis. <laughs> they, they all love it They all love a dart With the music in the background <laughs> Yes Boy that yeah. takes you back to Some listeners it? won't know what we're talking about When we talk about the Marlboro Man was
0: Boy, around in your imagine day a, Imagine a time when you can advertise cigarettes on TV Yeah just oh, when yeah. I was
1: very I was like in very little But I remember
0: that oh, yeah. Um, yeah There's something else I'd like to ban Being advertised <laughs> on TV Let me Don't <laughs> go there wise. Don't, was. Go, don't go, there. go there We won't go there not, not for no. the time being We might down the track though <laughs> um, <laughs> So So um, Yes, moving on from meditation.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I did. I
0: need a moment to go and meditate off the back of that. The Storm and the Knights. I mean, the Storm sitting there on top position, just keep on doing what they do. And their last three games, 28-6 against the Dogs, 32-10 against the Warriors, 34-4 against the the, uh, Newcastle Knights. Before that, they snuck home against the Tigers. They put a number on the Eels, didn't they? 64 Mm. points to 10. It's looking pretty ominous.
1: We say this and then they'll have a game a little bit like after... What, what was after Magic Round again, after the, the Eels? After came?
0: Magic Ground, they the Tigers, 24-22.
1: Yes. So they've had those great big blowout games and then sometimes they still have those games where they have a poor first half and that that's when Belly Ake loses his marbles a bit. But mm. they're still, by far and away, um, the most consistent... Uh, so what, they're two wins clear, top of the ladder, I... Listen to what Cam Smith told Fox League in the sheds after the game, and he didn't miss really. He said that they went out to stop Pierce and Kalen Ponga. That was all they focused on for that game, and yep. they just didn't let them get mm. a sniff in, in this contest. And that just would make Nathan go, right, boys. Good leveler. Let's get back into the get to the drawing board, and we've got still a long way to go. Yes, we were on a great run. But they're always going to give you. So you're te- you're going to learn more out of playing the Storm than any other team.
0: You're telling me their game plan was built around defence and stopping the best two players from the other team. That is a revolutionary idea.
1: Yes, but the way. Who'd you said have thought it about that? Was very. Was, as a New South Wales supporter, it was very. Cutting the way, it, like, they would have taken great pleasure. Cameron Smith cannot be out there for State of Origin, but he knew on Thursday, like all of us, that Mitchell Pierce was going to get named yep. for game two. So, you know what? I guarantee you, he's gone. I'm going to give this guy
2: Something a good run about. for his
1: money and show him that, come on, Cam, Cameron Munster, this is to Cameron Smith to Cameron Munster. Let's, show, let's just hit his confidence where it hurts. And yes, he, it really didn't come down to Mitchell Pierce that result the whole team couldn't get into the contest and that's why Mitchell, you know, couldn't either. But, ah, oh, yeah, it was it was just another masterclass from from Cam Smith.
2: Souths were the hottest team in the league early. Then it was the Roosters. Now it's Melbourne. The first two I mentioned have hit a patch. I'm sure Melbourne will hit a patch as well, but all three will be there at the back end of the season. The question is, can the likes of Cronulla and Canberra and who am I forgetting in that top six mix there, can they improve many- enough... Uh, to really make it uh, a five- or six-team uh, premiership charge? Because at the moment, it's probably the three, isn't it? Well, I think the Roosters, once they get
0: everybody back on deck, and they will at some stage get Luke Keery back, uh, and we'll see with all the other injuries, Jake Friend as well. I mean, they should be at some stage full strength. And we, we know the team that they are when they're at full strength and, and playing yeah. some good footy under the belt. So they, they along with Melbourne, uh, are still the best two teams in the competition. The and Sharks, I think, have got the most yeah, improvement they... out of everybody, of maybe those teams outside the top four, if you include the Raiders and the Bunnies, um, at ten wins and four losses. But the Bunnies, boy, they've got injuries. They've got the Burgesses out at the moment, uh, George and uh, Tom. Tom was you know, Tom was suspended for last week. George had a tummy bug, which yeah. ended up going take being taken to hospital,
2: as it turns out. Mm. Um, Sam's out for a little while as well. So. Just freshening up. Just freshening up for the games that really matter later on. Look at it that way. Yeah. so um, I've got enough points in the bank now to be able to afford that. Yeah, they, they
0: yeah, exactly. They've made hay while the sun was shining early in the season. We know what happened at the end of last season when they only won two of their last seven games, um, which apparently was predicted by Bradley Charles Stubbs, who He's said, going. oh, the Rabbitohs are going to fall off the perch here and they're not going to – and, you know, Bradley, <laughs> Bradley knows all. Um, so I think the Sharks have got the most improvement – out of those teams outside the top four in them. The Raiders are a pretty good team and a contender, but maybe a season away perhaps from everything really gelling for them. Melbourne, if you look at the for and against, they've only had 157 points scored against them through 13 games. The next best defensive team is the Raiders, who've had 200 points scored against them, so 43 more than Melbourne. The next best team after that, funnily enough, is the Newcastle Knights and the Bunnies, who con- have both conceded 230 points. But that's the best part of or seven, well, 73 points more than the Melbourne Storm have had scored against them. So, again, defence. The beginning of everything for your club, no matter what, or your state team, it has to be defence. Let's start with defence and then we'll work from there. Mm. Let's see if that works out for New South Wales in game two of origin.
1: Yeah, pessimistic Pete over here doesn't. He? I am. I'm, I am <laughs> pessimistic
0: because I think I think Queensland, if they play to their potential, I think Queensland can do a job on yeah. them. Um, and it's origin, you know, it, they probably won't do a job because it's it's hard and fast. Whatever. It, they, but I think they can win and win maybe you know by ten or twelve, and that, that in origin that's pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm going the other way, was so Anyway, I didn't want to go back to origin, but I just just to emphasise the point, I know I'm a defensive perv and I and love... a grass perv. What, I mean, speaking of that, let's, we mentioned the Brisbane Broncos. What, grass or what's, hap- what's happened to the Brisbane Broncos? Because when they played the Warriors, back with that win, they won eight points to two and it was a grinding, awful game to watch, but they won eight points to two because they produced their best defensive effort for some time when they had 43 players in every tackle. Well, since that point in time... They've lost to the – they had the bye. They've lost to the Gold Coast and the Parramatta Eels and given up 64 points in the process. I mean, what happened? What happened to that defensive effort? Was that just a, a one-off? Did they have a real smash-up that week with their wrestling coach? Not Larry Papadopoulos. I think he's still working with the, um, with the Rabbitohs. Mm. Um, the bloke who coaches Rob Whittaker in the UFC ranks.
2: Um, oh. Anyway. Yes.
1: Um,
2: but What's happened? Where did it go? That's what Anthony Siebold's trying to answer was. You know, he has a long-term contract, so the coach isn't under the pressure. Is it the young yeah. nature of the yeah. Ford pack that you just don't get you that... You can't
1: get it every week. ...week
2: in, week out, stubborn resilience defensively? Well, that, well I don't like, know, it, but that, that, that should that's be soft, Anthony's starting that's point. That's a soft answer because you, you're highly paid professionals, whether you're 22 or 32, um, to be up and down wildly, I don't think yeah. it cuts it.
1: And I don't think they're the only team that have had massive changes to their rosters and young people coming through. The Dragons are also not coping with that, the injury factor and the youth in their team. But just have a look at the Sharks. They had, they've had they had an inexperienced young team for majority of the games to start this year and they, you know, I don't know what it is about that if it's just the right personalities in senior positions that they do have that inspire the rest of the team. Um, the Raiders have had injuries, massive injuries in the last few weeks and they haven't fallen off the wagon. Um, but, yeah, just some clubs, if you got just I, – I think it is a, a factor, the, the balance of maturity in the team and being able to get them up every week is a huge challenge. The Broncos have, have done it all year. Some games they're up, other games they're not.
0: Well, at 5-8, and eight, um, we'll see what happens over their final 11 games of the regular we season. We put a line through
1: them, I think.
0: Haven't well, it? you know, we probably did, yeah, a couple of weeks back. Then they reeled off some wins in a row. Um, but here they are. They've dropped games to the Titans. And uh, now the Eels. and some of those tries that the Eels scored were just diabolical. It was almost comical at stages. Mm. Um, unfortunate for, you know, Corey Oates had that situation. He kicks the ball in the in-goal area. They're just, you know, it was almost like the, the ball was a cake of soap for the Broncos and the Eels were playing with a completely different mm. ball at times. So, yeah, they've got some work to do. And to think that they could potentially, you know, at the moment, their odds on to go on and miss the top eight after everything that happened at the end of 2018, and Anthony Seibold goes up there, they would go on and miss the top eight is just just incredible. Mm. So, uh, yes, they've got plenty of work to do. As far as the other games, uh, the Roosters. Um, I guess they produced a roosters type performance with you know, plenty of players missing. Latrell Mitchell, his effort uh, scoring a couple of tries wasn't good enough to retain his place in the um, in the Origin team for New South Wales. Fairly stunning that you could have a player like Latrell Mitchell who we've just been, you know, glowing in our praise about for uh, you know since he started playing footy in the NRL. Mm. Pretty much, I mean, especially at the start of this season, he was just incredible. What he was doing, um, he owned the game. And then here he is, can't get a game for his state in <laughs> State of Oregon. A remarkable turn of events. I mean, you just couldn't believe someone would tell you that R- Luttrell Mitchell would be dropped mm. from the New South Wales team. I guess Don Bradman got dropped uh, from the Australian cricket team mm. after making his debut.
1: Well, I assumed straight away as uh, the journalist in me just assumed there's more to the story because it just seems so crazy that since that game full-time whistle up uh, at Suncorp, There's you could tell that that he was in trouble because of the constant conversation around his game and from people within the New South Wales camp, the coach, the selectors and Phil Gould smashing him up, um, saying that, you know, he needs to get his head right and it's not up to the Blues camp to do that, it's up to his club and then his club comes out and says, you know, it's all good, there's nothing going on. So um, unbelievable that there is nothing more to it because that's what, Trent Robinson had to say after the game yesterday. He said, it's just, it's up to Freddie. And if that was my New South Wales team and I was wanting to win game two, I'd be within my rights to make changes and I'm not going to bag Freddie. So, um, you know, we have to take that as it as it is, that it is a purely form-based decision. But it's just crazy to think that only a few weeks ago he was talked about as the best of the best in the, in the whole competition across the whole world <laughs> after a crazy performance. Was it against the Tigers? Was that the 10 out of 10 performance? Yeah. And then now... Again, I just keep going back to the Queenslanders. I can't see them doing it to Luttrell if he was one of theirs. So,
0: hmm. well, yeah, and Freddie's been mass Freddie all since early last season. He came out and said, "I don't want any contract talk at all." Going into the Origin series, I don't. If you've if you've got contract talks happening, don't. Talk about that. We don't want any chat about it. Don't be on your phone talking to your manager. When you're in camp, you are f- completely focused on the job at hand. And he reiterated that going into this year's series as well.
1: Yes. Of so course, so much-
0: there's been so much talk about Luttrell and his contract and the Rabbitohs and the Roosters and his family and... So uh, I'm, I'm thinking Freddie for the moment is obviously thinking there is just too much going on for Luttrell outside of what happens between the lines for the 80 minutes of whatever next game he's about to play and he figures he's best served not having New South Wales in the mix at the moment and just being trying to get his head straight and sort all of that stuff out. Because the Roosters in the past have had to work a lot with Luttrell, haven't they? Mm. And, and with his off-field stuff. Um, and none of the, none of it too dramatic... But he's had issues trying to be yeah, the know. best that he can possibly be going back to 2017 and 2018. Mm. They, ha- they have worked with him away from football, haven't they?
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. But nothing, as you said, untoward has happened. He's just a young kid that's been thrust into the spotlight before he even made his first grade debut. Everyone was saying he was going to be the next big thing. So, yes, it's been about managing that expectation and managing the spotlight. But all it's ever been about, from what we can understand, is maybe going home to Taree every now and then to be with family and to getting a level head. But, I mean, maybe there's a lot more about this contract stuff going on than we realise because... It's not really been enough, I wouldn't have thought, to derail an entire Origin campaign or his his game.
0: Yeah. I mean, because given what he did last year for New South Wales in Origin and they won the series, you could give him a poor game in game one. There's no way. that I just can't believe there is not a chance on earth he's been dropped on a poor performance yeah, but... for game one. They figure that the poor performance is emblematic of of all this stuff that's happening for him potentially off the field and they don't believe with that, given what they saw in game one, that he can get himself right and play a good game for New South Wales in game two. If they believed he it wasn't as dramatic as it is, then they would give him that one and say, mate, yeah, wasn't a great game but we know who you are, we know what you can do.
1: Put my arm You're around, our man. Yeah, put my arm around you and we'll we'll get through it together. They
0: obviously believe there is a lot more yeah. happening as yeah. far as Latrell being in the right headspace yeah. to play his best football at the moment.
1: But then Trent Robinson says there's nothing more to it. So anyway, we won't know the real story, will we, until he gets his redemption and he'll make a recall and kill it again in a blues jersey one day and we'll find out the real story about what happened here.
2: I wonder how he'll go next start against Melbourne Storm at Adelaide Oval. That'll be his next assignment. Because,
0: yeah, um, that'll be a massive game, won't it? Roosters versus uh, Melbourne over there. Mm. Um, a couple of a couple of good games over there in the past couple of years. So, fascinating. Fascinating. fascinating.
2: field goal to win one game, wasn't it? Was it? I think you called Mitchell that Mitchell Pearce did kick a field goal.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. And then last year when Cooper played and famously did not handshake. Oh, the
0: non-handshake. Um, non-handshake. And who won?
1: That was a one-pointer too, wasn't it?
0: That was a Melbourne Storm victory.
1: Mm, very close game. Anyway, looking forward to that one.
0: I think Latrell missed a penalty goal from pretty close to the uprights, which might have made it uh, mm. golden point. It wasn't at, at the death of the game, but yep. earlier in the second half um, from memory. Now, let's go ahead. Have we covered off on what happened over the weekend yes. as far as the games are
2: concerned? Yeah. We're comfortable were, there. We've chewed through all that. And uh, we've turned to rep out. round and then round 15, June 27 to 30. It seems an eternity yeah. away because it is. There's so much to...
1: Were you involved in rep round this weekend, gentlemen?
2: Fiji-Lebanon. Mm, I'm M doing the women's
1: origin game. On Friday yeah. night.
2: It's on Friday yep. night, North, North Sydney.
0: Sydney. Yep. Yep. Um, you'll see that live on Fox League. Yep. And then the big triple header on Saturday, New Zealand versus Tonga will be enormous. Mm. Uh, over there, one at Mount Smart Stadium. That one from three uh, forty p.m. East Coast time here in Australia. Followed by your game, Matty, Fiji and
2: Lebanon. I love being involved with these games because I love going out to the respective camps during the week, mainly to check on pronunciations, but getting a little glimpse of the passion. The Fijians, for example, over the last few years, before and after every training session, link arms, big circle in the middle of the training field, and sing a hymn. And even in training, there are tears rolling down the cheeks. They take so much pride from assembling with their uh, countrymen and, and really enjoying each other's company and, and the religion that goes with it. And it all culminates with a game of footy. And I must say that having been at regular rep rounds, the game last year at Campbelltown, Tonga Samoa, I think it was, mm. uh, that, was some of the, that was the best atmosphere I've been at outside Origin. Mm. I said it during the call when I was sidelined. Th- this atmosphere was fantastic and it's going to be the same... When New Zealand play Tonga. And what do we make about the likes of uh, Marty Tapau, perhaps most um, high profile this time around, saying, you know what, Michael, I've really enjoyed playing with New Zealand, but I'm going back to pledge my allegiance with Samoa, something that Andrew Fafita has done in the past and other players are now following suit. So we're seeing Samoa and Tonga pick players that have otherwise previously gone to New Zealand for higher profile, more exposure and more money. I love it. I love it. I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm calling that game Samoa and PNG, the follow the Your Game, Fiji and Lebanon also at Leichardt Oval. Um, and Isaiah Papali'i, I'm not sure if he's made it, he was umming and ahhing about whether he was going to play. He was named in Michael Maguire's New Zealand squad, but then I saw something that he was talking about also potentially saying, no, I'm going to play for Samoa um, mm.
2: against PNG. And I so. think he has. So yeah, that, that you know that'll be I'll a, check that
0: out. I should have checked that out before we came. The
2: Papua New Guineans uh, have have entertained in recent years as well. Yeah, uh, David Mead famously a couple of years ago with an heroic performance as fullback, and last year, um, yeah, they're 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 scary just to watch. You don't want to tackle them. They've got
0: a bit to prove the Samoans because they've been they were really yes. disappointing at the World Cup um, a season eighteen months ago. Now. And against the PNG um, and the, the Samoan team is pretty much an all NRL lineup mm. they are all f- familiar names names you know well so we 'll see how they fare against Papua New Guinea who are names in the most part playing either in the intra super Premiership in Queensland obviously for the PNG hunters in mm. some cases um, and also in the Canterbury Cup in New South Wales the Martin is playing and a few others but um, it's a much more it's a yeah on paper, the Samoan team is a, a stronger team than what Papua New Guinea will um, provide on Saturday night. So they need to actually, you know, let's not play the game on paper. Let's show what we can do on the on the turf of Leichardt Oval and produce a good performance because they, they, they need to get
2: their act together. Yeah, it, it's always great theatre. Make sure you watch on Fox League and let's hope there are no injuries like Manu Ma'u last year who walked from Campbelltown with that smashed Big face. Ball. Yeah that cost him the back end of the season and the start of this season, as it turned out. But that's proof they throw themselves into it. It means a lot to them. This is not a Mickey Mouse, how do we fill in time while we wait for origin? These players are passionate about it and the footy shows it.
1: Yeah. And there'll be so many great stories. I'm sure you'll you'll be getting yeah. out furiously behind that and for your commentary because... Could we just get cameras over to Samoa and PNG yes. and just know how much the this weekend will mean over well, there? Well,
2: I get a glimpse of that because I have a, a mate, my best man, Mark Russell, no relation. He works security in Papua New Guinea. And he's not a boy. There's a great, job. great league follower. <laughs> I've got, I could fill up an hour with great stories about running security in Papua New Guinea <laughs> as relayed to me by Mark. But uh, he knows when there's a game of footy on of, of magnitude for, for numerous reasons that I won't go into here. Oh, uh, wow. All, 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 hands on deck for yeah, Mark. <laughs> I bet, and his team, and and yeah, you know, he tells great stories about how passionate they are about mm. rugby league, mm. and uh, how much they get into it. All hands on your sidearm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my goodness, it gets gets pretty willing
0: up there at times, doesn't it? Uh, I reckon Tonga will beat New Zealand. Uh, for what it's worth, mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, Fiji and Lebanon will be a cracking game. Yeah, It'll be and, fantastic. And it, you know, if the Fijians have their way, they'll score fifty points. Yeah, and um, they might maybe slight favourites against Lebanon. You would imagine, yes. And then I think Samoa should beat PNG. Yes. So. And what about uh, the women's origin? Who what are you who you're tipping there?
1: I'm far more optimistic when it comes to the women's game, aren't I? I'm going to say the New South Wales girls to um, get it again. Uh, It's going to be bigger and better. They've got the under-18s New South Wales-Queensland game as the curtain raiser before, so a doubleheader of Women's Rugby League at North Sydney. I'm sure they'll get more fans out there than they did last year. It was such a a special thing to be a part of. I didn't even realise until afterwards um, when I reflected on the moment uh, and spoke to a few of the girls about how much it meant to them that it was really a watershed moment for the women's game to stand alone and to get its own airtime and have fans paying to see them. Um, And yeah, it'll only get bigger and better from here. So I'm backing the girls to get the job done. I'm going to do a few phone calls this week, see what's been going on in their camps, because I'm sure there's some, not as dramatic as what's going on for the Blues boys, but There'll be some good yarns around. Um, the stories are always fabulous around the girls and what they've had to get through to juggle it all, to be sometimes um, not only being mums, working mums, but being professional footballers as well. So,
2: I was driving through Wollongong in the early hours of the morning during the week, drizzle, heavy cloud, not a very nice morning. There was a lone individual doing shuttle runs on a field all by herself, Kesey apps. Oh. I thought, there you go.
1: I did the top knot like Kezzy the other day. Did you? Yeah. I said to my husband, I put my blues jersey on for origin.
2: You've got a Kezzy crush.
1: And I put my – and it has pit on the back. <laughs> and then I did like the Kezzy hat and I pretended. I was like, oh, I could be like Kezzy. Did and you get the
2: boys to run at you?
1: <laughs> no, because they'd get, actually hurt me. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, how good would it have been if I could have played when I was younger? Because it just wasn't not too a late, Lara. Then. No, no. Wait, I'm too retired. Late. I'll do a hammy or something badly. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what it's about though. The
2: What about that for an idea? Mm. Uh, Hollis and Sampson on one side.
1: <laughs> against, against the Blues. And
2: Yates on the other.
1: What would happen? Game that of, would, you know, Backyard. You know, Backyard.
2: Sprinkled among the Blues. As <laughs> we Queensland can recruit. We
1: can recruit, yeah. Backyard. It yeah, would work out perfectly
2: plate. because Yates and Pitt in the Blues I'll be on and
1: the you'd board. have
2: Hollis and Sampson in the Maroons. That's right. Off the bench.
1: Yeah.
2: Second half. Yeah. Rip in. Absolutely. Miked up for Fox League.
1: Okay, let's do. It. I'll do. A, we'll do a training right, session.
2: Right, where's Crawls? Wow. <laughs> the other women's games
0: on the weekend. Uh, the Kiwi Ferns are playing the Samoan women's team before the men at uh, Mount Smart Stadium, and the uh, the curtain raiser at Leichhardt
2: is the Fijian women up against the PNG women, mm. the Orchids, yes. as they are inappropriately named because I think of the Orchids as being a a soft, delicate, frail flower, Mm. yet you see the PNG women rip in Mm. And they are anything but.
1: Did any of you hear about the Power Mary film documentary that was made around the PNG women's team that went to the World Cup? I urge you, if you can get to see it, uh, stream it or have a look at their uh, Twitter page, Power Mary film, Um, me and the girls, the League Life girls, went to see it when they had a screening earlier this year and it traced what that women's team had to do to get to the World Cup. And they were the first female rugby league team from PNG and it, it not only is a film about sport it's of course about the the massive challenges that women face in PNG from a demographic from a socioeconomic from a family uh, background uh, point of view and the struggle of women and violence against women in that country and how having this team changed changed the way women were treated and the way they were seen by people in their mm. in their um everyday life. So it's an unbelievable documentary. Um, we, we went to see it and it really, um, you know, it, it wouldn't – it would make anybody it would make anybody feel um, proud to be involved with the game. Rugby league is, as you said, Maddie, it's like a, a religion mm-hmm. over there. Um, and um, initially the girls had a lot of haters out there in PNG going, oh, women can't play rugby league and all of those things they had to overcome. And whilst they didn't win a game at the 2017 World Cup, they did a lot – for um women in their country, that team because they represented them proudly and, and now they get another opportunity to play on the international stage. So yeah, these are the great stories about representative round.
0: Boy, rugby league Twitter in PNG must be pretty tough, huh?
1: Well yeah, so the in this documentary it had you know, they the they had a lot of social media trolls from PNG. Just, just saying, you know, these girls shouldn't be playing. Why why are we paying why are we paying good money for this team to exist and all that sort of stuff and the girls can't play and this is humiliating for our country and all of that. So, you know, you'd have these mothers who were putting their babies to sleep at night on the dirt on the floor and then going to play for their country, never left Australia, didn't have passports, came here for the 2017 World Cup and, um, yeah, it's just a beautiful documentary. So power, Merry film, if you can um, have a look up online, it's... Sensational. Good
0: advice. Check it out. A big weekend coming up next weekend. Uh, thanks for coming in on a cold, stormy, wet uh, Monday morning here in Sydney. It's been pretty ordinary weather over the last uh, eighteen hours, but we need the rain, and you we need, need to it to do. go further west, northwest, southwest. We need it to go inland. Um, we
2: don't need it in Perth on Sunday night. Was
0: no? Um, it should be. Uh, I think there's a little bit of rain actually forecast for Optus Stadium in Perth on. Um, mm. Sunday. I think there's a little bit of rain, the long range forecast. I heard Jimmy Maloney talking about it last night, saying that he thought it might be a little bit of rain over there, whether well, Jimmy's a bit of a... One <laughs> well, of the skills of Jimmy Maloney. Meteorologist or not, I don't know. <laughs> long
2: range weather forecaster. But
0: the, um, the field, um, having been <laughs> over there last year for round one, um, it's it's a fast firm surface and I don't believe it's changed much. There's been talk uh, in the AFL ranks yeah. about the surface over there still at Optus Stadium. Um, they use it for cricket um, during the summertime, and it's, yeah, I mean, the, you know, they get tonnes of tonnes of sunshine. <laughs> He's <laughs> sun- right.
1: It's on the forecast. Is that
0: right, Jimmy? <clears throat> rain. Jimmy wins. How much?
1: It's saying 90% chance, 20 to 40 millimetres. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, 11 degrees. So, And it's yeah. going to rain. Well, 11 degrees? Friday and Saturday it's going to rain, it says, too. So That's rain not leading in. Yeah.
0: Boy. Wow. I've been I've been to Perth a lot over the years for various sports and it's just sun, sun and water. I Warsaw. can't remember ever being there in the rain, ever. I have seen it rain. Oh, I've seen it storm. Like it comes in and it just goes whoosh. Actually, I, I have. But
2: to a couple uh, of those Warriors games. Yeah. Uh, they took over there. Yeah. Remember Johnny yeah. Lang doing the yes. big uh, yes. snow angels in the, in the, in yes. the mud over there. So it does
0: <laughs> rain in Perth, apparently. It can rain in Perth. When it rains, it rains hard, but uh, it's a sunny spot. Um Thanks for that. We'll see you guys next Monday. Same State time. State of Origin. Same bat channel. Will Boy, won't we have some chat next Monday. Will off it the be back over? Of Origin off the back of the internationals. No, one all. <laughs> and you'll see on Fox League and then Origin on Sunday night. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Until then, you can take me now. I've seen it all.